Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There is something that a caller said about 15 minutes ago, and it's resonating in my head because it's really, really true. And it doesn't have to be true forever, but it is true this season, and it's still true in our DNA and our identity. And that is the Mets are just underdogs in general. That's who we are. Like, when are the Mets ever the big dog on the block? Last year was kind of weird coming into the year with an over-under of like 93 and a half. Coming into a season with all these championship caliber expectations. That's not really who we are. And you could hear it from Met players now when they're asked over the last few days, hey, what do you think of the offseason? Hey, what do you think of the year? They're all giving you that underdog mentality. And I wonder, as an athlete, you tell me, Tiki, because I think you've been an underdog your whole life. I think you fit well into this. He's too small, Mm -hmm. where you were drafted, not being a star right away. Some guys seem to perform better when they are the underdog. It takes the pressure off. You're not worried about being like Juan Soto we were talking about yesterday, booed for being average. Right. Right. If you're just good enough, then that's not good enough. If the expectation is 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 overinflated, which I think is the issue that we were talking about earlier with the Mets. I mean, last coming into the twenty twenty three season, it just felt like, all right, you won one hundred and one last year. Now you're supposed to right. take a step forward. It's right, what you always say like it's a failure if you don't take a step forward. And sometimes that pressure forces you to, I don't know, look at things, approach things differently, or. It just it's easier to not have the expectation. I'll yeah. put it that way. Because when you don't have the expectation, you're always surprising people. When you do have the expectation, there's this slight chance that you're gonna let people down. And when that happens, it can spiral. And it felt like it, that happened last year with the Mets. Absolutely. That's why there is a benefit to sort of coming in as the underdog. And here's the other thing, and I thought this going into last season. When I was sitting there right before opening day making my God-honest predictions on the Met mm-hmm. team, I didn't pick them to win 100 games. I thought they were going to be in the low 90s. I thought Last they were going to be the third wild card Last team. Year. Yeah, because I didn't think as good as they were in winning 101 games that they were that good. And much like this past season, they were bad. They won 75 games. And the truth is they really didn't win 75 games because that 75th win was a cheap win that shouldn't count. They really won 74 <laughs> games. And I looked at them even after the Scherzer trade and the Verlander trade, and I said, they're not this bad. So if they're somewhere in the middle, and for the sake of what I'm saying, I say they won 74 games, they won 101 games the year before that, that is a 27-game difference. And if you split the baby, 
You know what that adds up to, Tiki? What's that? I don't know. You know, man. 89? 87, 88 wins. Something like that. And that's who I think they are. And for some Met fans, that sounds crazy. Like 87, 88, you're nuts. And if you win 87 games in Major League Baseball in 2024, guess where you go the first week of October? Wild card. You go to the postseason. You're right. So in the last hours, we've talked about this. I haven't brought up the Braves. I haven't said the Mets are better because they're not. I haven't brought up the Phillies. I haven't said the Mets are better. They're not. But are they good enough to be a playoff team and win in the high 80s? And one thing we learned about the playoffs is, boy, you want to be matched up against the Braves because all they do is (laughs) choke like doggies. All they do is lose in the postseason. All the Dodgers do is choke like doggies. So you know what? Sign me up for that. I'll take a best of five against Atlanta. (laughs) Best of five against the Dodgers. Talk about there being no pressure. Though, I'm a liar because as soon as that series starts, there's pressure. (laughs) You were right, 88. 88. Thank you. And that's what I think they are. (laughs) Am I nuts, fellow Met fans? Am I being delusional? As one Yankee fan who called in and said, I'm being, I forget what he said. Uh, you're being delusional. Well, he told me to suck it. I do remember that. He said you're delusional. Oh, I'm delusional. Delusional. Am I delusional or am I just the one guy? But he wasn't a Met fan. He That's right. Thank you, fan. Yeah, so we disqualify him. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm he just kidding. Count. I respect everyone's opinion. Am I being delusional? He's an IBO in that case. Or am I able to see the forest through the trees? Mm. And I'm able to look past the disappointment of 2023? No, 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 no. Here's what it is. Go this on. is exactly what it is. You're not seeing the forest through the trees. Oh. You are painting the forest through the trees. That feels insulting, though. <laughs> it's not. It's just It's just your interpretation. Like, what's his name? Bob Ross. Yeah. You're Bob Rossing this right now. Oh, that's just a little... Little twig right there, a <laughs> little puff on the side. Oh, now you got a tree. <laughs> so you're, you're painting it. All right. You're not actually seeing it because it's not there yet. The question is, <laughs> as a painter, am I Picasso or am I Evan who painted City Field and it's hanging in my office right now and it doesn't look like City Field? Let's go out to Bayside, New York, and say what's up to Landon. How are you, Landon? Good. How you doing, guys? So, good. All's good. Excellent. Um, Evan, I agree with you. Uh, like, I'm a Mets fan, and like you, I mean, I don't go to as many games as you, but I do go to games. Sometimes I'll travel to go see the Mets. I, you know, I go to a lot of games. Um, and I like to buy season tickets. Mm-hmm. This year I didn't. Because I can, you can be optimistic about the season. It, it would be amazing if they won 87 games, because that does mean the young guys are playing well, and that would be the most fun to watch. But it doesn't make sense to me, and the reason that I'm upset by this offseason season mm-hmm. is they are charging more for tickets this season than they are for last correct season. Yeah. last season yep. we were yep. coming off yep. of a hundred and one win season and we signed verlander yep so there is no way possible in my mind how they could possibly imagine to asking you for more money yep to shell out before the season even starts you're right for tickets this year. You're right. So that's why I'm not as optimistic, and that's why I'm angry with the Mets. Okay, but, but Landon, Landon, oh, how about Mets? this? How about this? I completely agree with you, and it's something I've uttered on this radio station a few times during this offseason. It is disgusting, I'll use right. that word, that the New York Mets had the balls to send Landon, myself, and many others a bill higher for this upcoming season than last year. And I was angry about yeah. it. Now, I'm a sucker, So my anger doesn't come with me canceling. I've been a season ticket holder since I took it over from my dad in 2009. And my dad was a season ticket holder since 1976. 
It is in my blood. It is in my family. I'm always going to do it as mad as I am. I'm allowed to be bad and still do it, obviously. And so I agree with everything he said. I think it took a lot of balls for this franchise after a bad season and an offseason in which you didn't spend that much money to raise our ticket prices. But that could be separate from what I'm saying about the team. And if anything, that anger... And having that anger and still being optimistic about the team shows you right. I'm but, not letting it bias me. Bias me? Yes. I'm not letting it yeah, cloud right. my judgment. I'm mad about that, Landon. I agree with you. But at the end of the day, that's not going to change how I feel about Jet Williams well, you're doing, or Brett Beatty or what I think this team can be. That's because you're doing a good job of compartmentalizing. Thank you. You're doing it well. You're doing it correctly. You are saying, I am pissed off that they didn't do anything and raise my ticket prices after winning 75 games a year ago. And you know what was really depressing in relation to what Landon said? So when you're a season ticket holder, and I go to a lot of games, I don't go to as many as maybe I used to or maybe as much as you think, if you're listening. Maybe you think I go to 80 home games. I don't. He, I does, he does score them all. I do score them all, yes. He just doesn't go with all of them. I would say on a range now, it's still a high number. I go to about 30 games a year, which is, by the way, a very high number. But as a season ticket holder, as a regular guy, because at the end of the day, I am a regular guy. I don't make millions here. I have a wife and kids. Yeah. I got to sell the tickets I can't go to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, my wife wouldn't let me have season tickets. Right. And I think everyone can relate to that. I can't just not sell them. Right. And so what I tell my wife is, look, I just want to get my money back. It's certainly not a profitable industry. I just want to get my money back. I'm already looking at ticket prices in April and May because I plan ahead. I know the games I'm not mm-hmm. going to. I know the games I'm going to. I am going to take... A massive bath from the New York Mets this year, as are any other season ticket holders. Because early on in the season, that people just aren't going to go. Correct. And they're not willing to pay even just face value. Yeah. So I get it. And it pains me. And as I started listing tickets yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, this conversation with my wife is going to be uncomfortable. Because I'm going to tell her, yeah, we just took a massive bath. Yeah, she's going to say, well, just go. <laughs> and if I'm I'll saying see, I'll that. See you, I'll see you at midnight. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go. Just go. <laughs> so if I'm saying that, I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to be saying the same damn thing. And I feel you. And I know you have every right to be mad. Because I'm mad, too. We all have every right to be pissed. And we have every right to do what Landon did and said, I'm not doing it anymore. I respect that. I told you why I'm not doing it anymore, mm-hmm. but I get that. But that's separate from what you think about a baseball season. Right. That's separate from me trying to be fair and say, hey, I think this team can win 88 games. It's just a completely different thing. Those two things, again, like your thoughts on the offseason, can both be true at the same time. So it just hit me like a lightning bolt when Evan said that. Two things here. Number one, Evan looked at uh, his season tickets and went, oh, crap, I better pump up the Mets so I can make some money, <laughs> perhaps. Or perhaps... Tiki, are you aware of the seven stages of grief? Yes. The first one is shock and denial. Yes. So this is now Evan before the season. He's in denial that the offseason hasn't been great. It hasn't started yet. No, but I'm saying the offseason. The season hasn't started yet. So he's in denial. So, like, he's not in denial. Nothing bad has happened. Okay. Kodai Senga's got some soreness. Uh, Senga will probably be out for the year. But, true. Uh, he's not out for the year. Well, Stop. Most Stop likely Luke. will be. So first week or two, if they get off to a bad start, we have to hold Evan accountable for this. He can't jump ship first week or two because then you'd be going through the seven stages. If you're going to be optimistic, if you're going to be the Pied Piper, you got to be there throughout the season. Fair? Throughout the season? When have I not been there throughout the season? He's always there. Congrats for Phillies. Optimistic throughout the season, right? That's I'm not going to be. I'm going to react to what I see, and just like way, I'm reacting right now to what I see. That's who Evan is. Yeah. He's always that way. He's reactionary. 
He's but, not overly optimistic or overly negative. I mean, sometimes he's overly negative, but he's but mostly he's, optimistic. But they're either good or they're not. to be optimistic about. Right. And when it's negative, he's negative so about So what you're it. suggesting is no matter what I actually think, I should just remain positive yes, throughout a baseball season? Kind of like the Juan Soto Marash thing. Don't boo Juan Soto. Evan Roberts, no, no. be positive. You are so wrong about everything you said. I have no ulterior motives. It's just how I feel about the team. It's simple. Like, I've been on this station for, like, 18 years now. There have been plenty of Mets seasons in which I – and I've had season tickets every one of those years. I don't come on with different views based mm-hmm. on that. I come on with views based on what I think the team's going to be. And the truth is, what has helped my optimism is really thinking back to what happened in the World Series last year and thinking about the Texas Rangers. Well, this is the changing landscape of baseball. Yeah. It's, and it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. And also thinking about – Texas's roadmap to getting there and while we viewed them last year and who is on the roster. Yeah. And when I think about their roster and I think about their roadmap, it doesn't feel very different. Their core of four players, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Nathaniel Lau, very similar. Like, I don't think it's that different than what the Mets have. Let's go to Chris and Flint. What's up, Chris? Hey, meet the Mets, meet the Mets. How you doing, boys? <laughs> What's up? Good. What's up? All right, so I agree with you, Evan. I think the, the the blueprint is there like the Rangers was. And you got to remember, you get in the playoffs and the hot team wins, and there was no hotter team than Texas in the playoffs last year. Yep. We, we all saw it. No one expected them to do what they did, but they were the hottest team and they kept it rolling. Now, I don't think you're negative. I don't think you're overreactionary. And this goes back to what Boomer and Geo actually said about you last week on their show. Go ahead. Out of everyone, out of everyone at the station, you are like the most childlike, whimsical person. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. A big, what does that mean? Oh, I got you're it. Still, you're still that optimistic fan, and you you wear your fandom on your sleeve. And you speak like all of us fans. Literally on and his forehead you, today. Yes, I'm wearing I, a Mets bandana today. Yes. <laughs> I hear it all the time living in Michigan. I got Mets tattoos. I went to the three games in Detroit last year. I heard it when I was wearing my Verlander jersey. Heard it when I wore my Scherzer jersey. We lost right. all those games. I was sick to my stomach. But you don't give up on your team. And every year is a new year. So I completely agree with you. And with the Rangers blueprint... It gives every team hope, unless you're the Oakland A's or Detroit Tigers. Yes, there are certain teams that have no hope. I also think, and this I got from my dad. I'll give him this. My dad has always been, when he hears everyone going a certain way, feels like, oh, they're all going to be wrong. Yeah. When everyone thinks they have it figured out, they tend to be wrong about it. Right. And I think the Mets, over the course of the last 30 years, good and bad, fit that very, very well. Mm-hmm. When things are going well and we all believe things are going to end well, they end horribly. When we go into seasons or games yeah, but with just... no optimism, that's when good things happen. Yeah, that's just superstition. That's, a, that's, just, that's not based on anything factual. Well, you know what it's based on? It's based on the fact that emotion doesn't tell you the truth. Yeah. And I think around here from Met fans and everybody on this station, the emotion of a disappointing offseason and the emotion of losing more games than they won in a year in which they were supposed to be a contender has clouded realism. So I am a whimsical fan. Like, I'll agree with that assessment Boomer and Geo made. But the truth is, I think I'm looking at the Mets with a clearer eye than anybody else. Because I think everybody else is too emotional in the way they're viewing the Mets, which is off-season suck, 
seasons suck, they must be bad. And those two things always don't go together. Like, Gio is a Met fan, and he said something on the radio made you laugh when I repeated it, because I'm not sure you heard him say it. But Gio represented a lot of Met fans when he said this offseason consisted of signing 13 schmucks no one's ever heard of. (laughs) And obviously, don't take him literal. Gio knows half the guys they signed, but you know what I mean. And I understood his point. But that point he made actually does represent most Met fans who look at this offseason and say, how could they be good if they signed a bunch of schmucks, as he said, that no one's heard of? And, oh, yeah, they won 75 games last year. So with A plus A, it's got to equal B. Mm. And that's not the way it works. Well, because it, that's why I'm more clear-eyed, I think, than most. Well, because you're not looking at just the offseason. The offseason is what it is for the Mets this year, and and we've talked about it since David Stearns became the general manager, the president general manager. He's he's taking a step back in this look approach to this offseason. Yes, they made moves. They spent some money. It's not like they didn't spend any money this offseason. Luis Severino is here, mm-hmm. but the reason you look at it differently is because most people are looking at what transpired like the transactions that happened this offseason once David Stearns became the general manager what you're looking at is well well Pete Alonso is still here and Francisco Alvarez is or, or um, Francisco Lindor is still here and Alvarez was great uh, great as a young player and Nemo should be good again and Jeff McNeil like when you start like listing things mm-hmm. the positives outweigh the it's not even a negative the questions right the positive yeah. out- outweigh the the stagnant question that just see, feels like you didn't do anything. But that's why, when I bring up years of past, it's why any other idea of, oh, you just want to be optimistic or, oh, you mm. want to sell your season tickets, it's all crap because I've done all of that for 20 years, and most years I will sit here in front of a microphone mm. and say, I got bad news, guys. We stink. I got bad news. Right. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think this season's going anywhere. Playfully quaint or fanciful, especially in an appealing and amusing way. What does that mean? That's whimsical. Oh, that's whimsical? So, <laughs> yes, I'm very whimsical. Tiki is, Tiki, is Evan the Willy Wonka of sports oh, fandom, perhaps? Yeah, he might be. You what does that, that mean, though? You're whimsical. Willy Wonka oh, was right. whimsical. <laughs> I'm whimsical. Yes. Have you seen the new Wonka? I have. The new Wonka, he's like optimistic despite every negative thing that could have exactly. happened. Exactly. Evan is what, the Willy Wonka of sports. But you know what happened to Willy Wonka in the new Wonka? He got caught in what he thought was a hotel, oh, and yes. it turned out to be like enforced labor. Oh, yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. yes. I think the spoiler alert's okay. It's been in theaters for two months right. now. He also sneaks out every day and starts selling his chocolate. That's right. So, <laughs> And that chocolate does some crazy stuff. I know it. He was selling like bootleg chocolate? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? And that's how he became Willy Wonka. How, and then he yeah. opened up his own chocolate factory. That's right. You know what I can't stop watching? What? The Patriot Dynasty on Apple TV+. Oh, Plus. Stop. Dude, I can't stop watching. You said it yesterday, and it didn't incentivize me to watch it yesterday, and I'm not going to watch it okay. today. All right. Let me ask you this then. So Tiki Barber, and we'll get back to your calls in a second, is not interested in the Dynasty on Apple TV+. Plus. It's all about the Patriots Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Netflix just announced another sports documentary. Let's see if this appeals to Tiki Barber. Here. It's a topic you know nothing about. Okay. Which I think would is right. good. It's more interesting to me. The 2004 Montreal Expos and their decision to leave Montreal. That would be interesting, actually. Look at that. (laughs) You're into that. You you watch a documentary about the Expos leaving Montreal? Because, I mean, (laughs) it destroyed, like, the fandom in Canada. Yeah. Or at least that part of Canada. Yeah. It's bad. And so I want to see the real emotion. Like, I don't want to see the... 
Oh, great. We're awesome. Yeah, great. We deflated footballs. Oh, great. This happened. <laughs> oh, great. We won another championship. Oh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Oh, Bill Belichick is amazing. Oh, we get rid of all the guys that want to make real money. Oh, we won another champion. It's like, who cares? You know that already. What the impact of an, a baseball organization that won a championship, right, is it leaving its fandom is, is compelling. Yeah, so they didn't win a World Series, but in 1994, they were the best team in baseball. Oh, I'm thinking of the Blue Jays. I'm thinking the, of the Blue Jays. It's okay. The strike right. happens, and they never get to finish their story. Yeah. It's like Cody Rhodes right. at WrestleMania. Right. Like, you never get to finish their story, right. and then they kind of toil for the next few years, mm-hmm. can't keep their stars, trade Pedro Martinez, and then 2004 was their last year. And I'm fascinated by it because I actually went to the last ever Expo game. It really? was at Shea Stadium. Oh, God. I mean, it wasn't like I yeah, flew yeah, yeah. somewhere. I, I was going to say, wow, that'd be, that, that'd be like real baseball fandom. <laughs> right. You guys are leaving forever. I'm going to the last game. I will say this, because it was not a game I wanted to go to. It was a football People Sunday. were in their last home game. I went to that game specifically because it was the Expos last game. Mm. And I remember saying to my dad, I, I want to be in the building because this is historical. Like, you tell me a franchise is just not going to be around. I and mean, I'll never forget about it, as I don't remember anything about the game. But after the game was over, there were about, I'd say, a 1,000 French people, okay? Really? They're obviously from Montreal. They're yeah. French. They co-walked down to the first row. Oh, dude, they were terrible and, that year. Yeah, they were bad. They start crying. They all are really? just crying. And so is this in the documentary? I don't know. I haven't seen the documentary. They just announced it. Oh, I haven't oh, seen they, it come they out. Haven't seen, they haven't done it yet. I'm just telling you what I witnessed as a fan. So I actually stayed because I couldn't stop watching these French people cry. I was fascinated by it. And this was in Shea? Shea Stadium. Huh. I must have been like a thousand French people flew to New York and said, we got to be here for the last game. They watched the last game. I don't, I, Honestly, I remember nothing about this game. Right. I don't know if they won. I don't know anything. Well, the challenge is, is that they're not going to translate. It's not like the San Diego Chargers going to Los Angeles. Like, and you're, like if you really stayed a fan... You can make the hour. No, they changed franchises. They went to Washington and became the Nationals. Right, but the franchise history stays with the Nationals. Yeah, well, so they had, for a few years, they didn't honor it, and then recently they put up the banners for, like, Andre Dawson and Gary Carter. Either way, you're not going from Montreal to to D.C. No, you're done. You're not, you're done. You're done. You could, you could be a Charger fan and make the drive up to Los Angeles. You're not doing this. So you're, it's like it. But I'll never forget, too, is there was this one French girl who was crying, and I kept debating. The Mets won eight to one. Oh, eight to one. Tom I kept Gladden. debating: Is this a good time to hit on her? Like, mm. is this a good time to be like, you know what? How's mm. it going on? Definitely, you? definitely. Oh. I know yeah. this is a tough day for you. Oof. You want to get, get some drinks? Oh. I didn't do it though. Yeah. I didn't have the guts. There was yeah. one cute one though. I was thinking about it. You want to go I... over the French kiss, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had all those lines in my yeah. head ready to go. They had a nine-game homestand. <laughs> Which was the penultimate, the last three series before the Mets? Series. This is the rabbit hole you're going down, right? <laughs> the 04 Expo. <laughs> were two and seven. Yeah, they were bad. Two and seven, and lost the last five in a row at home. So I want to make this clear for everybody out One there. One of those games had three thousand nine hundred people. Yes, they had small crowds. I'll make this clear. Legendary football player. Possible future Hall of Famer Tiki Barber has no interest in a documentary about maybe the greatest dynasty in NFL history, yeah. but he's all in on Expos. Right. Let's do it. Last game. How many people do you think in Montreal? In Montreal? Last game. 4,700 people. 31,000. Oh, they got a big crowd. 395. Good for them. They showed up. Look at That's that. That's what I want to see. Wow. Forget the Mets game in <laughs> Shea Stadium. I want to see that game on September 29th. 
2004. We'll come back and get back to your calls. I believe in this Met team. And also, Justin Fields started unfollowing the Chicago Bears recently, uh. and he's given a reason for why he did it. And I got to tell you, I get it. I think Justin Fields is the first person in the history of sports to give a really good answer for why he stopped following the team he plays for. We'll get to it coming up live from the Town Fair Tire Studios powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Evan and Tiki here on the fan. We'll get back to your baseball calls in a second. I'm feeling optimistic and whimsical about the 2024 New York Mets. But one interesting football story that can possibly impact us in New York, but probably not, is the Justin Fields-Caleb Williams saga Mm. in the city of Chicago because the Bears have a big decision to make. This is a real one. Oh, no doubt. Right. He could be available and interesting. I think he's likely going to be available and interesting. So, Justin Fields recently did something that a lot of athletes have done over the last few years, which is unfollow the team he plays on. <laughs> and that usually causes, you know, mass hysteria. It's so, like, weird to me that that's a thing. Because it didn't exist when I was playing. So right. Like, it, it, if you were upset with the team, you just told them. You right. Like, now you don't. Now you just like. I'm not following you. It's so childish in a way, but it's, I don't know. But, I guess it's indicative of something. What I always have found interesting is asking the player why. So we were at Jet Camp back in August, and Quinn and Williams unfollowed the Jets, and I couldn't wait. And I was like, so Q, I love you, bro. What happened? And Quinnen's answer was, I was upset. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty basic. He was honest. Justin Fields was on a podcast today, and he was asked about the unfollowing of the Bears. And he said a lot of things, and I got to tell you, I'm on Team Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I get it. So here it is. Justin Fields talking about unfollowing the Chicago Bears. Since wait, since we're here, hold on. But I mean, what's we're with not the, comparing. No, 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 no. Since we're here, what's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people. Why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either keep field. We want field. It's either drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want it to be over. Wow. Now That's- think about that. That's he, actually genius. It's brilliant because what he, what I took out of it, besides the IG stuff with the girls which made me laugh, he's saying, I don't want to hear Caleb versus Justin Fields. 
which is the entire conversation in the city of Chicago, which I understand. Yep. If this was New York, it'd be all we were talking about. And so here's a guy involved in it who's like, I don't want to hear about it. So the easiest way to not hear about it is to not follow By the way, that makes so much sense because think about how do you get away from it? Like we, Especially young athletes nowadays, they are on their phones constantly. Right. Like, all right, dude, did you see what... I don't know, whatever. My boy posted, or you look at his girl. Look at, can you believe she posted that? Or like me, oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's talking about interstellar <laughs> space travel. And so right? you. Yeah. But, you're, but you go through your timeline, right. and if you are following the NFL or the Bears, it just hits you. The algorithm is going to make it hit you. Right. So you're going to hear all these conversations about you, for him about himself that are just annoying. Yeah. And, and he, so he's not making a statement about whether or not he wants to be there or not, or whether or not they've indicated to him that he's going to be there or not. He's just saying, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I don't blame him. I think that was one of the best answers I've ever heard That's to the why first, they're unfollowing it's the a first team. time I've heard someone give a real and reasonable reason for unfollowing. Yeah. Like, not not one that's childish, like Quentin Williams. Oh, I was angry at him. Okay, come on. Don't attack you. All right. Calm down. Don't attack calm, my guy. Calm down. No, calm, I don't want to hear it. Calm down. Calm down. He's a big teddy bear. You got paid. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, but Justin Fields is right. You don't want to hear it. Well, he's involved in what is a fascinating football debate. It I mean, is. it really is. Like, there is a debate in the city of Chicago of we saw some promise from Justin Fields, mm-hmm. but we also have the number one overall pick, and you can only imagine what we would be saying about it. Now, if you live in that city and you're on social media, the conversation never ends. And when you have a conversation about, hey, should we keep Justin Fields or should we draft Caleb Williams, it will naturally turn negative. It's just the way the world works. So it'll turn into just attacking Justin Fields. And so Justin Fields, who's a real-life human being, is like, I don't want to be involved in this. He probably has nothing against Caleb Williams. He's a competitor, so he doesn't want to hear about who's better. And so I thought that was a great answer. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And then, of course, hey. Still mess with girls who, you know, I'm a fan I, I think the decision that the Bears have is going to impact a lot of teams and um, what they're going to do this offseason. Because if – so if you're in Chicago, you're saying, how many times are we going to have the number one overall pick? And you got two generational, at least in theory, generational quarterbacks at the top of the draft. We can take whoever we want. So how many times are you going to get that? Oh, then hopefully never again, right? Type of thing. Right. So it makes sense to draft the quarterback. But Justin Fields, two years ago, not last past season, two seasons ago, he rushed for like thirteen hundred yards. Like he was, he was better than a lot of, if not most, running backs statistically in the NFL. And then this year, while it got off to a slow start, there was a moment where it just started to click. And all of a sudden, it was like, man, he actually might be pretty good. Right. Right. He's reading He's reading things the correct way. He's getting rid of the ball on time. He still was a little reckless, um, like trying to pick up first downs. He'd run, and he had a lot of fumbles just trying to get first downs when he should have just, you know, taken whatever was given to him or take the sack or throw the ball away or whatever it may have been. But there's like a, a growth that's happening in him, and he's 24. Right. It's not like he's old in any capacity. And – if you get the right situation around him, coordinator and skill position players, I, there's a chance with him. There really is. Well, and that is why this is where New York comes in. They're going to trade him. Like, I have thought that since the beginning. When yes. you have the number one overall pick, whether it's right or wrong, you are just likelier to reset the clock, draft a quarterback, right. and trade a guy who still has decent value. Yes. And there are so many teams that could use a quarterback. And that's where... 
it's a fair debate we'll have, I'm sure, at some point, whether he makes sense for a team like the Giants to bring him in with one year as a, hey, yeah. let's see what we got. Maybe he's our future. And if he's not, we let him walk. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe you don't pick up his fifth-year option. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Clearly, they're not fully sold on oh. Kenny Pickett. Maybe they go out and yeah, get the Falcons are definitely one. Because right. they don't, I mean, I, I guess... I guess maybe they have some some Desmond Ritter. And now I forget the other kid's name was on the team. I, I would say that I would be intrigued as a Jet fan as the eventual replacement for Rodgers. But here's the big negative to it: the negative is I got to give up something mm. and I got to use those assets to improve my team now. Yeah, and then B. Justin Fields has the same issue Zach Wilson had, which is you got to pick up his fifth-year option and probably have him sit on the bench for a year right? and then sign him where he hasn't played in yeah, two he years. Does, to me, he doesn't make sense for the Jets. In it's, theory, he makes sense for the Jets, just right. like Zach Wilson in theory made right. sense, but it never works out in practicality. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of other guys that make veterans that make sense. Not veterans, but they're young players that are veteran, but that make sense for the Jets. We'll talk about one later uh, in Sam Howell. But Justin Fields... He needs to go somewhere and be a starter because I think he's 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 on that, like, climb. And he will be. And he needs to go be a starter somewhere. He can't go be a backup. Oh, you're competing. He's, he's, he hasn't earned in a negative way to be a backup only. You know we get back. I mean? Yeah, no doubt. We get back to your calls, 877-337-6666. A lot of Met fans are happy with me today because mm-hmm. I actually am painting an optimistic view of the 2024 New York Mets, which is very contradictory to what you've heard on this radio station for the last four months, which is they suck, they suck, they haven't spent money, I don't know who this guy is, they're terrible. And I, as a fan, maybe it's because it's February and I'm looking at the sunshine coming through my window and I want to <laughs> be optimistic, maybe that has a small part of it, but I actually don't feel horrible about this Met team. Let's go to Justin in Philadelphia. What's up, Justin? Uh, hey, guys. How are you? What's up, dude? Good. What's up? Um, just want to say I listen to you guys every afternoon. Big fan. Thank uh, you, man. Speaking, I'm a huge Giants fan, so it's uh, well, nice to talk to you. Down in the city of brotherly love. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dangerous to there. wear blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Evans, so I wanted to talk about one of the comments you made earlier about the Mets not needing a, you know, top-end rotation because they can just, you know, score runs to win games. Yeah. What in the last five, six years has have the Mets done to prove that they can score runs on a consistent basis? Okay. Uh-huh. You want me to so, answer that? I'll answer that very easily. In 2022, the Mets and the Atlanta Braves essentially scored the same amount of runs. And the Mets were basically third in the National League in runs scored a shade behind Atlanta. So you ask me, what have they proven? Well, two years ago with this core, they proved they can score a lot of runs because they did. Okay. And last year they were 20th in runs scored and 25th yep. in back. No doubt. What have they they took, a, they took a major step back last year, but here's how I can see them getting back to 2022. Number one, I think Jeff McNeil will have a better year. Mm-hmm. I've seen more positive out of McNeil than the negative we saw for the first few months. Number two, Starling Marte can't be worse. But here's the real factor. Here's the number three that's going to determine whether Justin's right or I'm right. Whether the Mets are third in the National League and runs right there with Atlanta or they're towards the bottom. What's Brett Beatty? What is Francisco Alvarez? What is Jet Williams if he gets called up? What is Drew Gilbert? They're going to need their young players to contribute in a big way. And if they do, and remember, they're top 100 prospects. They're not prospects that the Mets are simply talking up to you. 
They are legitimate Major League prospects. Jet Williams, I think, is going to own this town in a couple of years. Hmm. Now, maybe I'm biased because he's tiny and because he's got the first name Jet. Put it this way. (laughs) I'll make this very, very clear. There's a misconception that my son Jet is named after the New York Jets. It's a complete misconception. I think a decade from now... It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. (laughs) I think a decade from now, people are going to have another misconception. They're going to think Jet was named after Jet Williams. That's what I think is going to happen, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. That's the conversation. Like, when I retire from Did you here. you even know who Jet Williams was when the, Jet they, was the born? Day they, no, but that's the point. It's a misconception. Right. I know. I'm just saying. Of course I didn't know. I'm just the, getting the record state. Jet Straight. Williams was in middle school when Jet was born. But, Evan, when you retire from here, that's what I'm most interested well, in. Well, so yeah. if I retire from here and I'm not fired. Which, you know what? I'd sign for the Mm -hmm. retirement, but you never know in this industry. Right. If they allow me, if I am lucky enough to walk out of here under my own accord, let's say in the next 20 years. So I'm a 60. Well, I'm only 40. What am I supposed to leave tomorrow? I haven't made enough money. (laughs) If I'm able to retire under my own accord and I'm 65 years old and I'm not getting any kind of tribute because I'm a compiler. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's all I am. And as I leave. I know there'll be people who call up and say, Evan, you were such a real fan. You named Jet after Jet Williams. <laughs> now, you know that's not true because the timing doesn't even work out. But that's how good I think Jet Williams is going to be. And the only reason I say that is because he's 5'7 and his name is Jet. <laughs> and those two things are lovable. Dude, if you're here for another <laughs> 25 years, you'll yeah. be here for 40, how many years? Like 42? about 40? Yes, yeah, so what's wrong with that? Dude, that's a compiler. By the name way, the building after you. Nah, I don't, no, 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 because I'm a compiler. I'm not Mike. Years. I'm not dog. I'm not. St- no, I'm just a compiler. I'm just a guy doing his job every day. Hey, that's all I am. That's, that's all the listeners want. That's it. But I think that's consistent. But the key to the Mets being that offense I described earlier, and let's not make any bones about it. I'm honest about it. Is that these young players need to perform? Mm-hmm. Brett Beatty needs to be Josh Young of the Texas Rangers. He needs to produce in this full season of action. It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, then I'll be wrong. Yeah, I own that. It's dependent on young players performing at a high level. Francisco Alvarez has to take another step from next year. And I think most Met fans actually have that well, confidence. Of course they do, but they also have a lot of doubt simply because you just don't know. At this point, you can't know until we start seeing spring training baseball or positive reports from Port St. Lucie. All right. Like you just, okay. until then, the I, Met fan is yeah. going to hold this offseason as. God, we, what do we do? Okay. We just, we just have basically the same team. I'm going to attack we won now. 75 games last I'm, year. I'm going to attack now. Okay. I gave it an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes. Now Did, I'm gonna didn't you come out attacking? No, no, no. Now he I'm called everyone stupid, if you remember. Mm. No, I said their opinion of saying the Mets are punting is stupid. Let's get it it's accurate. It's a stupid opinion. Let me, well, sit, using that phrase is well, stupid. Well, don't stupid people make stupid opinions? Uh, I didn't call anybody stupid. I said that opinion is stupid. And I already disproved it. <laughs> you brought up all the questions that the Mets have. Yes. And, and you're right. They're questions. Guess what? Everybody's got questions. Want to play the Yankee question game? Mm. Want to play it? Because I'll play it right now. Is Nestor Cortez any good? Want to play that know. game? Is Carlos Rodon going to be able to stay healthy? He looks, he looks leaner. You could say all you want. I'm asking you questions that you can't answer right now. Question. No one can. Dude, I think the Yankees have more questions than the Mets. Well, if that's the case, then what are you telling me to be so negative for? I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you why the Met fan is negative. I get, I'm not a Met fan. I don't have an opinion. Every team has questions. I'm going to wait and see. You're painting the picture. You're Bob Rossing this thing. Well, what's your picture? How I many wins are the Mets going to have? I don't have one. Hey, you have to have one. I don't you have one. You know what's yet. on the roster. I you know who's on the team. I have a thing. 
Why, why, why do you want me to be like Sal and be like, oh, the season's stuck. They're going to win. 40. I didn't ask you they're to do win, that. They're going to 53 games. The season's going to be a disaster. I didn't say you Why do would that. I make a declaration about something that hasn't even begun to no, happen yet? A declaration is different than an honest-to-God prediction on what you think yeah, this team is. Right. I mean, what do you think this team is? The problem is I played sports. You and predicted so, the Giants this year. Yes, because you forced me, and I was almost <laughs> right. But I don't like predicting because I played. Because I know anything can happen. I remember going into one season where Joe Theismann in a preseason game said, oh, the Giants have the worst offensive line in football. Right. We rushed for 2,000 yards as a team. What a dope. He said, well, he's not a dope. It's just, <laughs> it's just stupid projection. Do you know, it doesn't Joe- mean anything until you have some sort of information to, to inform you about your prediction. We don't know. What Pete Alonso's going, or not Pete Alonso, we don't know what Jeff McNeil is going to return to be like. We don't know what Francisco Alvarez in his second season is going to look like. We don't know what Pete Alonso, to be quite frank, in a pressure, like the most pressure he's ever felt because his contract is online. Right. Well, how he's going to perform. We don't know if Kodai Singa has a jacked up shoulder. Whatever the heck it is, arm discomfort, arm fatigue. Yeah, soreness. Whatever the heck. I hope it's not soreness because soreness pretends something bad. Well, hold on I a second. I hope it's fatigue. Let's hear, Carlos Mendoza said it. Can we listen to Carlos? Yes. Mendoza? we have it? What did Carlos yeah, let, Mendoza let, let evaluate, say? Let me evaluate this real yeah. quick. I need to know what the hell he said about my ace. That's my ace, Kodai Senga. In the fantasy league that you're now in with me, he's oh. one of my keepers. Oh. I don't know if you know well, that. I thought you were going to say he's on your team. Well, he is. <laughs> no, no, meaning my team. Oh, no, he's not on your team. <laughs> right, no, good. No. He's on my team. All right, let's Here's hear Here's Carlos Mendoza on the soreness or whatever the hell is facing Kodai Sanga. Yeah, after the after his side session yesterday, he came in and, you know, experienced some arm fatigue. Uh, so he's staying inside, and we're taking a look at him. What is taking it? Well, the trainers are taking a look at him. I just mean like in-house <laughs> or an MRI or... We'll see. We got to get with the trainers because that was, that was late, obviously. Um, I got to get more information, but... Um, oh, man, stop talking. He, he got on the mound yesterday and today he came in and, you know, just overall arm fatigue. So, we'll see. Arm fatigue. Arm fatigue. That means nothing. Oh, so I'm okay. Yeah, you're We're fine. Right. You're fine. You're right. Well... Mendy didn't know if he's getting an MRI because yeah. the MRI is the scary no, part. No, I don't think so. I mean, Low. that's why I said stop Mindy. talking. <laughs> yeah. Stop talking, Mendy. Yeah. If someone asks you about an MRI, say, no, why are we getting an MRI? Nothing's wrong with them. Arm right? fatigue. Arm fatigue. Yeah. Just leave it at arm fatigue. Yeah, I'm not worried yet, but I will say this. It would be very beneficial to us as Met fans mm. if David Stearns was worried and his reaction is to get Scott Boris on line one. No. And be like, Jordan Montgomery, what's shaking, baby? We'll find out. The man from Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I, I deadlifted. Two days ago. So not today, yesterday. Yeah. And today I went for a run. I had leg fatigue. Oh. Nothing's wrong with Okay. Me. Just head leg All right. Fatigue. Tiki's making us all I'm feel better. better. It's just fatigue it's with fatigue. Kodai. But Senga has an injury history. His medicals were not great. So he made 29 starts last year. He did. What start. do you mean? When he came over here, there were okay. questions okay. about his medical. Right. And then he went out and made every start. And okay. there were all the questions because the ball is bigger. It's not tackified like the one over in the in Nippon League. No, so. no, he's right. There were medical concerns, right. but then, last year he made every no, start. There was no issue. Right. That's all I'm saying. I'm just responding to what I saw last year. The guy went out and made every start. But and maybe it's rearing just, its ugly head no, now. he just lifted weights too heavy. You know, he tried to get the bicep he's curls going. He's a pitcher. Going. He's, he's not like, lifting yeah, weights. Look at that. Mm. Oh, man. Look, mm, vain. <laughs> mm. And then he goes out and pitches, and he's like, oh, God, I'm tired, dude. Uh, hey, can I take a day, Skip? Maybe he just had to go have he had a date or something. I don't know. Oh, jeez, Skip. I need I need I need some rest. I got some arm fatigue. It's the, it's the most benign thing that you can say. Yeah. that's not alarming. You know, it's funny right? when you I'm first. Just, I'm just a little tired. 
When you first started talking, I felt better. I was like, ah, right, Tiki's calming me down. The more Tiki talked, the more nervous I got. The more I was like, oh, crap. Let's go to Annabelle in Bridgeport. What's up, Annabelle? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thank you for What's taking up? my call. No problem. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Evan. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something, buddy. Yeah. I believe in my met. Yeah. I I I'm not gonna die. I'm not but gonna the die. Go, okay. I'm not gonna die seeing the Mets going to win something in the future, in World Series or something. Let me tell you, uh, uh, the Mets yes has has a good team, and you have to believe. In it because I'm a diehard Mets fan. Well, Evan yeah. is believing and in it. I am believing. Well, what I'm believing in it is not because I'm a fan. I'm believing in a core that's really solid. Like what the Mets have that, like I said, every team's got questions. So mm-hmm. the Mets have plenty of questions which we could attack. But I love to know what I know. I love to go into a season saying I can rely on this, I can rely on this, and I can rely on this. Yes. And there's a lot of teams that can't do that. Like, I'm not poking at the Yankees, but you know what you can't rely on if you're a Yankee fan? Number two, three, maybe four starting pitcher. Not bringing that up <laughs> because I brought that up before. All right. Aaron Judge. I can't rely on Aaron Judge. Uh, I mean, I really can't. The guy's never healthy. That is a worry going into every season. Every Yankee fan, if they're giving an honest answer about their team, will say, I need Judge to stay healthy. Yeah. Because when he is, they're great. When he's not, we see what can happen. What gives me confidence is that the core of Met players, none of them as good as Aaron Judge, by the way. No one is suggesting that. But Francisco Lindor plays every freaking day. Mm -hmm. Pete Alonso plays every Every freaking day. For the last two years, want to specify, Brandon Nimmo has played every single day. So I like, and what makes me feel better, is that I go into a season knowing that three really good baseball players are very likely to go out and play every day. Now, I knock on wood. Injuries can happen. You're jinxing them. You're a mush. I'm just telling you based on the history of those guys. They play. And that's a good starting point. Of course. That's not always a starting point you have coming into a season True. where you've got a bunch of players that you can trust. But not everybody's going to be as optimistic. Jimmy is in Newark. What's up, Jimmy? What's going on, gentlemen? Tiki, I'm going to leave you alone. Evan, you're killing me today. <laughs> What's up? Uh, li- listen, I mean, I-, I converted from one radio station to this radio station specifically because of you. Huge fan. That's very sweet. And you're so objective on your other team. Thank with you. With the Mets. Listen, the clearest vision at the fan about the Mets, everybody looks good at 2 a.m. when you leave the bar in dimly lit room, right? Everybody does. <laughs> and that's what you're doing with this team. It's driving me crazy. And I agree. They're not punting, but it's 4th and 15. They ran a draw, right? So... I just don't understand. Objectively, when you look at it, Yankees yeah. are projected for 93 wins. Yeah. Objectively, yes. right? Yankees are better, no doubt. Top five rotation, yep. arguably right, in the top five you know, offense in the AL. Mets yeah. don't have a top ten on either. They don't have a top ten AL. what? They don't have a top ten offense? See, that's where we disagree. I think they can. And I think they have a really good chance to have a good bullpen. I think their bullpen could be their strength this season. Right. I'm not going to argue their rotation. wasn't a weakness last year. No, no. And it's going to be better, I think. I think it's got a really good chance to be better. So their offense took a nosedive last year. They were third in the National League in runs in 22, basically second. Them and the Braves almost scored the exact same amount of runs. And then last year they took a step back. And we know why. Jeff McNeil didn't win the batting title. Starling Marte couldn't stay healthy and wasn't very good. They got no production out of Brett Beatty and Eduardo Escobar for the first month of the season. And their key players tanked at the wrong time. Let's also call them out. Pete Alonso in the month of June, I love Pete, he disappeared. Now, was it probably because he was trying to come back from an injury too quick? Absolutely. But it still happened. 
But where we disagree, and you want to say I'm blinded by fandom, that's fine. We're going to find out who's right. This offense is better than you think it is. This offense has a chance to be very good and be one of the strengths of this team. If it's not, they're going to stink. I don't think they're going to stink. We'll get back to your calls in a little bit at 877-337-6666. Plus, one of the most important things about this offseason for the New York Jets is finding the backup for Aaron Rodgers. And some Jet fans will argue they also need to find the future replacement for Aaron Rodgers. What have I told you? There's a guy that can serve as both, and it's not Justin Fields. We'll get to that guy coming up next. 877-337-6666. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.